Dorktales presents Call of the Netherdeep. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode <laughs> of Call of the Netherdeep here on Dorktales. Um, I think we were just in a discussion on how to uh, have a pool party, I guess, at Chris's virtual background. Yeah. Um, if you're nice. if you're seeing us live. Uh, so, <laughs> hi, everybody. This is How to Run Chapter Two. Um, and uh, we are very tired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I haven't fully opened my eyes in four Ooh. days. <laughs> yeah, so last night. So Still if, feeling foggy. If, if this is a time capsule for the future and you have no idea what's going on with Dorkos right now, we just ran a three day long um, convention over the weekend and it is a Tuesday. And Monday was for sleeping, which I don't think most of us actually ended up doing. You Did you sleep at all? I was two hours late to work because I slept through my alarm, but I went to work. <laughs> did you go to work? I took the day off and didn't do anything. I went to work and they sent me back home because I was not going to be able to do the work I was supposed to do. So they had like, a, go home, Robin. I had to train my replacement. Ooh, is that's a that's a power feeling right though you're just like yeah how many cool. how many times did you say well this is what we're supposed to do but this is what we really do <laughs> um being as i built all the programs we use from scratch very few i said this is what you fucking do <laughs> which was also no a power trip for you there's there, no i had a lot of people i introduced her and a lot of people kind of looked at me with puppy dog eyes of wait you're leaving <laughs> That's pretty great. Be. All right, so <laughs> folks, um, none of us had the 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 mental uh, fortitude to be. Well, I guess Caitlin did because she's a tank. But like um, the rest of us didn't have the mental fortitude to actually do a full game tonight. I've been fighting a, an awful headache all day that I I finally have gotten the better of. But it would have totally ruined all my prep for for um, Bazazan. Uh, so today we're doing how to run chapter two, which is something I said we probably wouldn't do. But everybody else in the team said we probably would do. And they were right. I was wrong, which happens sometimes when you're a dungeon master. Huh, you learn. Uh, so today mm -hmm. we're talking about Call of the Netherdeep Chapter 2, how you can run it, how you can run it a little better. Uh, before that, let's do some introductions. Hi, I'm Kelly. I'm your dungeon master here. You see him, and I'm excited to be here because we get to talk about Chapter 2 and some fun things that you can do or not do to make the chapter a little better, as well as a little bit of loving critique of the chapter, because I do have some problems with it that I want to address with you, but be sure to stick around for those. Uh, let's go in a big circle, and uh, let's start with the most awake person here. Uh, let's start with Caitlin. Hello. Maybe the most awake, but I don't have my glasses on right now. You can put them uh, on. We're, we're using Zoom today, so I don't have to, to fight with the backgrounds. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> I was just like trying to clean them because they're kind of grungy. Anyway, hello. I'm Caitlin. I use she, her pronouns, and I go by Petite Medic on all social medias. And usually I will be playing Zarya Rain, the tiefling cleric of the Raven Queen. Um, but tonight you just get me. Womp, womp, womp. All right. Uh, <laughs> next most awake person is probably Chris week i have had a significant amount of sleep but uh i'm very foggy um hi i'm chris uh i can be found here exclusively on dork tales i use he him they pronouns i like saying that i'm exclusive dork tales because i don't do anything else with any of the other social media i am on if you find me on something else i'm only there for the memes um yeah i play dorlin wildrock and uh nice to to be here and see y'all Fantastic. All right, up to 
Robin probably next. <laughs> yeah, as she says, as I'm still fighting yawns. Um, wait, no, that's that's on Mondays. Um, <laughs> yeah, when we're in the land of yawn. Um, but yes, hello everyone. I'm um, I'm Robin. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I'm Robin. I she her or they them pronouns, and uh, I usually play Keiko Scar, our Goliath Bard. Um, uh, but I'm just apparently just brainless tonight. So good. I'm glad we're not playing because boy, I mean, actually no, we should be playing because Keiko's dumb. But <laughs> I. Wow, you are out of it. I, I get what you mean, though. No no hard feelings here. No hard feelings, but Keiko has an int of seven. Robin. I could... Okay. What? What did you say? I didn't say anything. You said kill Robin? What? I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. I, would, I wouldn't kill Keiko. Robin was saying Keiko's done, not anybody else. Yeah. That was, that was... It was about the I'm glad we're not playing, but it was a joke. Oh! <laughs> No, I wouldn't know how to roll a dice, Kelly. I think at this point, I would. I know, I know. But yes, I would probably just be rolling d12s like uh, Jake did at the beginning of NADPOD for the first bit. Roll a d12. What's that? What's a d12? What's that would look like? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I didn't also, use enough of them as Telfrin. Before, before I pass it over to Krista, I do want to say that Days Apricot, thank you for making a Bones coffee order. Uh, don't forget to use our code. But also, that's a really good flavor. The from Dusk Till Donuts, really solid. That's actually my my favorite mug, which is actually in the wash right now. Um, oh, you got your new dice? <laughs> I did dice. get my new dice, though. You only got my half greens, of them from the looks yeah. of it. Yeah, my greens, apparently. The, the other ones have like. Uh, cloaking or something yeah they're they're <laughs> green with purple they're called <laughs> goblin spit it's great but yes go uh also get adventure dice get adventure dice <laughs> we'll talk about that during anything during later uh all right so and then finally krista hi i am a sentient mass of caffeine um because that's all i'm running on right now uh and noodles um but i'm krista uh i use she her they them pronouns and i normally play sabina molden uh our beastmaster ranger who is a lotus and halfling and her best buddy dax the boarbounder nice all right so that today, i got through all of that i'm pretty proud of that of one without <laughs> talking about coffee or anything like that it's pretty great uh all right so folks you did mention caffeine True, true, but it was part of part of their being, really. So it is you know. correct. Mm -hmm. All right, so uh, folks, we're talking about uh, chapter two. So I want to ask the 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 honest question. So technically, there's a tiny bit of chapter two left because, like, you're only at the halfway mark, but the rest of the trip's going to be pretty damn uneventful uh, because I want to get to Bazozan. It is the the long and short of it. Uh, so there will be some mild spoilers for Critical Role: Call of the Nether Deep Chapter Two here. If you want to go in um, into this with like no spoilers, like completely uh, a completely pure experience, maybe you should just put us on mute and give us the view. Um, but uh, if you don't mind hearing a couple things, uh, feel free to stick around. Uh, so. Um, Basically, uh, chapter two covers everything from the moment that you get the um, uh, the magic MacGuffin from chapter one, the Jewel of Three Prayers, to when you get to Bazozan. Okay, so it's your it's the travel arc, and uh, we had a bit of talking about this occur during our um, 
uh, our module section, uh, our module panel, which you can find on YouTube later this week, or you can still find in the the VODs uh, on Twitch right now for um, uh, from Dorktales Expo. Um, but I'd like to cover a lot of that here. So I'd like to ask, what was everyone's take on this chapter? What did they really like? And what were they kind of iffy on? So anybody who wants to go first, just go ahead and pop in. Yeah, Chris. Um, I found, uh, um, I, I did enjoy um, some of the dynamics uh, that uh, showed up between uh, the different characters and the NPCs and chance to kind of get to know them uh, more and see what um, the rivals, uh, NPCs, and how we interacted mm. more and define a little bit more of that. Um, I, uh, I I was hoping for a little bit more of that kind of stuff and like just kind of uh, things that felt like uh, grindy a little bit, like uh, the, the, the arc... Um, I find like travel arcs um, tend to be, um, uh, I feel them like a, a little bit like a, um, filler, filler episodes in anime, yeah. right? Like, it, and uh, um, like some of them can be good and, you know, I, I do enjoy combat in D&D, don't get me wrong, but uh, um, I always, every time I see something like start out like one way and then like kind of go that way, it makes me think of uh, some modules where I haven't had as much fun. I'm just like, please don't be this, please don't make me this. So um, like, I, I'm looking forward to getting uh, to the end of the uh, the travel and see what goes on. And uh, um, I did enjoy that there were those times to have those interactions with each other, uh, mm -hmm. which was great. Uh, but I, I always have that little worry that it's gonna be something like that. So when there's a travel arc, and it, and it felt kind of rushed too, which I think in this case, hopefully is good. We'll see what happens when we get to uh, Bath, uh, Bath Yes. It's, it's got X's and Z's in it or Z's depending on your pronunciation. Um, so what part of it felt rushed to you? Um, the, uh, it, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like we've gone through a whole chapter. It's a pretty short chapter, really, right? Um, so was it? It wasn't. Was it something I was doing, or did, was it kind of just the material? No, I think it was the material. Um, okay. Like, uh, like uh, I, I know, um, like, uh, like you were saying, in uh, mm. one of the things with modules that have random encounters, that you pick the ones that you like. And I know uh, the way you are with it, you probably are just like, hey, those kind of all tie together, which is is nice. Uh, but uh, the uh, when I say it felt like uh, rushed, short is maybe the better word. I'm. Uh, I'm I'm a little foggy still. Uh, it but, is. Uh, it it so, did feel like it was a very like it was just like oh that was a chapter like. Okay, so let me give you an example. Done. So in the book, Chris, um, Baz. So this chapter, including, uh, let's see, half a page of art, a full page map, and two half page arts, and an extra half page. So let's see, two and a half pages of this are just art and maps. It is ten pages long exactly. This chapter. So there's only seven pages of content here. And a lot of that is taken up by uh, trying to give uh, Dungeon Masters ideas on like running this chapter, heroic quest, ours by right, warring destinies, kind of setting up like, what are you doing with the rival party? Depending on what choices everyone made and what happened, like if they got the gem, if we got the gem and, and where their relationships are with them. Mm hmm. Okay. So, yeah, but the thing about this is, is that our game is actually a bit of an outlier, I have a feeling, compared to what we were what we would see in normal play. Because in... in Well, actually, I wouldn't know that. But the way the module is set up, you're not supposed to be traveling with the other party. You're supposed mm -hmm. to be either tailing them or they are tailing you. 
even though the book is written such that if you're friendly, Io straight up approaches you at the beginning of chapter two and is like, hey, let's go, let's go together. But they don't write that into nah, the damn module. <laughs> exactly. Yo, is that what we're supposed to say? <laughs> no. so, so like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna point blank read this to you, okay? All right. Okay. Io doesn't miss word, mince words. She wants to know what they found in the grotto. If she gets the sense that the characters have stumbled onto something big, her eyes go wide. She decides that she and her group want a piece of the action and proposes they travel with the characters and then they never touch on this again, really. So they, they like kind of suggest that like the characters are willing to travel with you, but then like, that's, that's it. That's, that's really all that they, huh. in addition to random encounters, two encounters occur at specific points just described later in the chapter rivals reunion. Uh, this encounter occurs if the rivals, uh, left Jigao ahead of the characters, or if the characters left first, um, you will eventually meet them either along the way or at the caravan, right? But there's nothing in this damn thing, and all of the encounters are designed for a party. It's designed to be a PC party as you're traveling across the wastes, because some of these encounters are very tough. It's trying to, like, it's trying to put the fear of the wastes in you. It's trying to put that that little bit of like, oh crap, like we're under leveled. We need to be careful. There, there's a lot of dangerous stuff here. I had to go above and beyond to actually try to hurt you in it. Um, and well, one of the most, uh, honestly, I think it's still one of the most tension-inducing, most like dramatic moments of campaign two is when they are uh crossing the wastes of Jorhas and mm. they a rock is chasing them and like it was a very scary encounter and them trying to outrun this rock by like polymorph run for an hour and like it was it was a very scary environment and I remember that do you just feel, encounter do you feel scared in this one the last encounter the last encounter, yes. Up until that point, mm. not really. Which, because we had double the, like, recommended or exactly, the right. And I, I think that last fight only got scary, A, because all, all the, the rivals got taken, like, they got paralyzed for a round, which was... Well, they rolled for garbage and then got they, paralyzed. <laughs> right. Um, but it's because I got a really strong hit, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do some permanent damage to one of these people. And the moment that, that uh, not Dorlan, uh, that uh, Dermot, Dermot, that Dermot got his, uh, got his eye plucked out, I think that Riddle. elevated the tension. Like, you're like, <laughs> oh, God. Absolutely. Yes, that hugely. That and that it was a, a hard creature, too. Like, it was, we weren't getting much damage because we were worrying about, that was an encounter where we were doing a bit more of, like, damage control with, like, the, oh, my God methods on the ground as well so it was like we had these little things that were annoying and having to deal with uh the the closets not closets not methods sorry actually it's probably it's probably best they weren't methods because closets don't explode when they die methods do oh that's true oh damn yeah right don't don't ever hug a method to death it won't go well for you no matter what type it is they don't explode its face i mean like you're a tiefling hug a magma method you'll probably be okay yeah, I mean, you could probably hug a blood method. <laughs> Ooh, make blood nice. methods. Hold on, I'm going to put that on my to-do list. Uh, yeah. The most tension and the most kind of uh, 
like if you're like yeah definitely like that moment and when you cause the permanent wound on uh dermont but uh um i i found the most kind of like oh shit like something's going down was the moon oh the moon is actually one of the things i really like about this so it is simply an encounter that it, it's an optional encounter the fact that they don't oh you're right the moon is what actually made that con- that encounter scary now that yeah. i think about it because yeah. all... oh, everything yeah. yeah so not the effects of it just the the like ambiance like well, whoa oh shit <laughs> it is a fantastic place to end an episode on by the way so if you're running this mm-hmm. like end it on the moon before or after they get to hell have it happen in the caravan um the caravan is a safe zone but that doesn't mean it can't be overwhelmed by demons or something like that like if you really want to hammer mm-hmm. home how dangerous this this uh dangerous this is have the caravan be overwhelmed uh but no that will change kind of the the topography uh, of the campaign to make it much more desperate in places um but maybe hit them like a day outside like or a day before um but yeah i think it's funny chris that you say that like the the character dynamics and the socialization between the rivals and the party is one of the peaks for you here or one of the at least the peak opportunities and it was not in the module like that's not that's just not there period and we're not supposed to say yes you're not so well or if you are they just didn't plan for it and i feel like that was kind of a rush job um it's weird it's weird well what else did anybody else like about this um i liked i said i think i kind of get chris's uh feeling of like rushed or or short um because it did feel a bit like it felt a little bit starting to get like the random encounter repetitive mm-hmm. um in a way that it doesn't in Witchlight, which i don't know what it is about it but Witchlight, the random competitive the random encounters in Witchlight and how we're going through doesn't seem as like i think chris used like grindy and crunchy it's it did feel like that and like it it was it's very weird because it's like i, I can I'm tell you why yeah it's because almost all of the ones in Netherdeep go to combat the one the ones there they're usually there there are two flavors of random encounter that lead to combat inside of um inside of Netherdeep and they are either you walk up and get surprised by something or mm. you get attacked by something like it's 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 not like it's either user error but you're leaning into it if you're being attacked. Like if you're going out and looting a body, you're like, okay, you're probably going to get attacked by something. It's probably bait for something, right? Uh, or it's just simply like something swoops down out of the sky, right? Um, yeah. But in in Wild Beyond the Witchlight, uh, which I actually find to be probably my favorite Wizards of the Coast module that, that has ever been written, just because a lot of the encounters are a little like role-playing things where you can talk your way out of it or you can, there might be combat, but there doesn't have to be. And if your players don't want to take it that direction, they absolutely have the freedom of control there. Whereas here, I mean, what do we have? Okay, that we went that we went through. Because on your way out of Bazozan, you might have a couple of these things happen, which was the kind of my my it was kind of the weird part about like, do we run how to run now, or do I have to run it after chapter three? Because when you leave, like it seems kind of weird. Mm-hmm. So um Let's see. The ill omen is fantastic. That's the moon one. It's great. So that's the one where the moon just appears and curses everybody. Love it. Moorbounder Mayhem mm-hmm. is the one where Justice is being harassed by two bristled Moorbounders. 
uh, while riding rice pudding, his own Moorbounder. I love um, him. It's great, right? The name mm-hmm. Rice Pudding there, like that's some good character to, character work. Yeah. Um, and then you get some cool loot out of it. You get like Goggles of Night. That's really good. Um, so that's a pretty great encounter because that's one that players can engage with or they could just choose to let him die, right? But if they do get engaged with these Bristled Moorbounders, which are pretty tough actually, uh, they, they, you get something out of it. Like it's And it's a cool little plot beat where you get to act like heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I like that it's it was delayed because we got that at the at the caravan. We got that later, like an episode later. Mm-hmm. It was a fun loop around. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a it, nice callback. It helps build the world, right? Um, yeah. Demonic carry on was uh, carry on uh, was the the one that was really bad. So that's um, you encounter the corpse of an Udak, one of the enormous ape like demons that have prowled the wastes of uh, of Zorha since the calamity. Um, the corpse is covered with like signs of war uh and then what looks like a carrion bird circles the battlefield at about 300 feet up it's actually a brock that's been feeding on the mortal flesh strewn around the battlefield um damn i should have narrated the mortal like the human bodies being a little more picked through clean to be honest that's my bad um three closets are hiding in the udok's fur i think i used four because there were enough of you um and then you find a bunch of stuff and, you know, you find you get the plus one dagger that becomes a plus one battle axe later, you know, that thing. Um, I mean, that's an okay fight. It's... I had a comment on YouTube, I think it was, that said, oh, did nobody take magic missile? For one, nobody in the party can have magic missile. Wait, do you have magic missile? Always prepared as a armor. Oh, I was doing other things. That's fair. Okay, so then you're the only character that actually has access to it, if I'm not mistaken, because mm-hmm. it's Wizard Sorcerer. Um, but, I mean, besides that, was there anything that was really good about that? Like, it was a, it was a hard fight. You get, you get a plus one item, which is pretty great. I think it was, the like, a good encounter for the fear, the, mm. the seriousness of of um of the terrain that we're in um yeah, and the introduction of the waste walkers that mm-hmm. like finding out who they were and that that added a level of like oh okay people that live here will also fall prey to these things so we need to be even more careful as outsiders mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it's kind of nice that everything started with that like festival of, you know of merit woohoo and then woohoo we got the thing you know we're the chosen ones let's go on this adventure ha bam this is the reality of it right it's not going to be a happy-go-lucky jaunt in the field mm-hmm. there are actual consequences or we might actually die and that that is kind of nice right like it is good mm-hmm. to have that mm-hmm. threat um, now to give a little bit of credit to the module, because I, I, I've said that there's nothing about it here. So reunion with the rivals, uh, this encounter takes place only if the characters are trailing behind the rivals and traveling at a fast pace to catch up with them. Um, so this is assuming you didn't start with them. If the rivals are friendly or indifferent, they welcome the character's arrival. The, the party catches up to the rivals in the daytime. The rivals agree to travel together for a while. Um... To make role-playing rivals easier, have one or two of them take center stage during this encounter, ask them questions, blah, blah, blah. But it does not give any Dungeon Master's success, oh, pardon me, um, suggestions about running with it. 
And while like I'm fine running like a 10 person party where I'm running half the party myself, a lot of people who are picking up this book for the first time are running a critical role module because they're critters. Like they're people who have, right? Krista, go ahead, go nuts on this one. This module is built for an experienced dungeon master from what it's, I can tell. Uh, absolutely. And the people that want to buy it are people that have never played a day in their life and are like, wow, I can finally play in critical role because their only introduction to Dungeons and Dragons has been critical role. And they're going to try to run it and they're going to hate it because they're not going to be Matt Mercer and their table's going to hate it because they're not Matt Mercer and they're not the players of critical role. And they're going to get the players. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like they're the DM isn't the isn't Matt Mercer. They're not the players. It's not going to come out the way that they want it. And they're going to hate mm -hmm. D D. It's it's mm -hmm. funny because the usual effect with Matt with the Matthew Mercer uh, the Matthew Mercer effect usually and as far as I've seen from like any any videos or forum posts I've read seem to be wholly aimed at the dungeon master the like the yeah. number one comment that yeah. gets rebutted is always like well yeah your game's not critical role but you're not critical roles cast. I, like I it, call it the critical exactly. role effect. That, 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 that's, that's a more honest thing. Yes. Everybody always blames the dungeon master in this situation for not being Matthew Mercer. And like yeah. Matthew Mercer's a no. really excellent dungeon master. But he has a really good cast that honestly does half the lifting for him or more. He oh, has it. He absolutely. has a very specific niche that he's good at and he leans into it hard. And his cast has a very specific niche that they're good at and they lean into it hard. And they're very good at what they do. They are. And and one of the mm -hmm. things that I think, the, the, the skill that I think, when I look at Matthew Mercer and I watch him run games, there are a couple of things that I really, really admire. Because when you watch somebody who, who, basically you watch someone in the same field as you, who mm. like a, a celebrity in that field and you go, okay, what can I do that he does? What can I, what can I adapt? Like, what is, what can I, what lessons can I take from this? And the number one lesson that I see is that he doesn't do much. He does a lot. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But comparatively, he does a lot. He expends a lot fewer calories running the game. Yeah. When, then, then, then I feel like a lot of DMs do because he lets the players play and then provides yeah. like, he lets them do all the work while he's mixing the paint and getting the the canvas ready. Absolutely, and I think that's part of why we feel and and we've or we've we've talked about this before. If we are, we have felt that the pacing is a little bit mm. off, it's a little bit different. Like oh, that that was supposed to take us longer to finish. And I mm. think, uh, I mean, that one in particular, we were like, but we were all thinking about racing there. We weren't going to be like chatting, like you know. Having a having a goof off good time think, with like a fish though. in the water or something like that. I think like that, that rocked. But, like, I think we did great. But I think we did. I think we did awesome. No, I'm not saying that we did. We did. We, did, oh, we didn't do a good job. But I think that part of what makes this feel like chapter two was just like I felt it was really short. And I think that part of that was because we were like, okay, we go to this place and we do this thing. But while we're going there, we could have been like talking to each other, right? What are we talking about? What are we like? Are we, you know? I think that's, that's one of my like that. mm -hmm. and I think that's forms. what he's expecting people are going to be doing a bit more of so that's why I feel like it didn't kind of feel like a fully yeah well, Rob, Robin you just brought up uh, ro chapter. roses and thorns 
Mm -hmm. Um, So roses are being positive things about an experience, thorns being things that were less positive or that you wish you could change. Like basically like pros and cons, gripes Mm -hmm. and gripes and loves. Um, We can start talking about this module like that if you think that would be more. I think so. Because I honestly like when we had the the opening scene on watch with Keiko and Irvin. Yeah. I actually was like, oh, I kind of wish we would have had a bit more of those like watch talks. I think that would have been a really good thing to slide into. That's another thing that Critical Role does really well is watch talks. Yeah. Yeah. I was, so it's kind of one of those like, like, okay, make sure if we have time to do this in the future when, when like just to kind of like remind everyone and be like, you know, not just to fast forward to the next day. Sometimes like, oh, we should actually take that time and have a conversation because I would love to get our interactions and then our interactions between like, I would love to see a watch with with Dermot and Dorlin. I would love to see that scene play out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Well, and, and I think like, I think this is one of the downsides to the lot of us having, I don't know about all of you, but the only D and D I've played in three years has been performative mm-hmm. and has been we need to keep on time yes. and we need to keep on story so taking yeah. that like so i want to i go oh i'd really like to have this scene or oh i'd really like to talk about this but we're on the next scene already yeah exactly that and is, i'm that's i'm my not thing too. i'm not voicing my desire to do it because we're moving on to the next thing well, and i don't i don't want to i don't want to push that and I'm, and I'm not saying this is on like i'm not saying kelly you're pushing us too fast i'm saying that like you give us that little bit of space for us to voice our opinions but we're like well we should probably move on to the next thing since we're doing this module and we're on a time crunch and we need like i think all of us are kind of yeah in we're, we're all yeah that well, that's always what's going on in my head is the pacing and the timing yeah. and oh we we kind of need to get to this place for the does next this scene thing. make sense yeah yeah exactly so krista we actually talked talked about that and i don't think you were in that panel last week and during dork x but i actually i i mentioned something that was kind of getting to me and it was like um i was worried because i really wanted to do uh, particularly in wild beyond the Witchlight, i wanted to have another character development episode mm-hmm. but i i was like I, I brought this up that this is the problem with running for for a stream is that i was like I was having this mental debate where I'm like, oh, I really want to run some more character-focused stuff, but I'm running a module. Are people going to sit around and watch yeah. characters that are not like, you know, like like um, for example, like Sabina is not a character in in like the the book, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. so would P, are people watching this for the story? Are they watching this for like to see how someone else ran it so that they can you know take any advice or or failings that I have? And I, I actually, I was talking through this during the, during the convention and I was like, I think you touched on it at like one of the rap. I think it was in, in how to win D and D I think maybe, cause I know yeah. we, I know I remember listening so to you talk I, about this. I think what I'm going to do in, in that, I think, I think if you're running this at the home, not on stream, take as much time as you need. You don't have to progress the plot. Yeah. You can spend the, you can spend like five game sessions crossing the wastes. Like and that. and fly by night said that their that it would their, their group was alone they didn't have the rivals with them mm-hmm. you don't always have to involve the dm at all like cut them out have conversations just with your fellow party members like that like like we were saying like if, if you love critical role that's what they do 
Oh, a lot of the time, yeah. So mm -hmm. something that's a little bit difficult for uh, for us to do online like this, though, because like if you and I are having mm -hmm. a conversation while Kelly's uh, painting a scene for Robin and uh, Caitlin, um, we just it's just all it's noise. noise. You, we can't yeah. crosstalk. Yeah. Oh no, well, no, sorry, I didn't mean that. I meant like oh, gotcha. Sorry. Just just stop everything else. Like just tell people like we're having it. Like you know what, Chris, you and I are having a scene. We're gonna have a scene together, and we're not gonna stop talking until our oh, scene. We're making done. a scene like, now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and so. I mean like if you guys are at a table i don't know what how fly by night's playing but if if they're playing at a table like you know what a little crosstalk especially if it's the person like my favorite role-playing scenes of all time are with my friend nick when we're sitting beside each other at a table and we have character interactions like those are my favorite things hmm. i think um i think what i'm going to do for the future with this though is that uh, now that we've hooked you if you're in if you're in this is the sixth episode that we have now now you're in now we've got the investment <laughs> So if we have some character development, I think that that's partially it, right? Is that I'll take a little more time in the future and stop worrying about people clicking, you know? Yeah. It's weird. And it gets in your head. It, it, it does. And I think part of like, I think how we, we were we were talking this weekend about how like the modules are the nickelback that fund the indie bands. Um, I think I think if the modules are a little bit more wrote and are a little bit more follow the story i think that's fine because there's so many other places that we do get the opportunity to really flesh those out and mm. if we do if if the choice was to run a module just to go step by step then that's fine like that's that's totally like i think that's okay i don't think there's a problem with it and if we've mm. all agreed to that i think that's fine um but i think like in in an ideal that's why i always say if we weren't streaming this this is what I would want to do. I, I think it's very fortunate that that we're all fairly competent role players and actors. So though that we can we can get across a lot of that even in more uh, abbreviated timetables. Yeah, truncated you know? like, scenes. Yeah, because even yeah, I, I honestly would love to go a little later, but I mean we do this all after work, so it's kind of tiring, right? It's not like <laughs> yeah. we get we we don't get Thursdays off. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Join the Patreon a, and get our right? Patreon up to large numbers <laughs> and we can take the day off. Do it, do it. Join the Patreon. Also, thank I you. Think One the, of the sweet. neat things about um, uh, the LARPs that you used to run, Kelly, where like they were so big and like it was you and maybe just like maybe just a couple of people like helping you out kind of thing. Mm. But, so there was lots of space for like people were doing different things and there was only so many different um uh, people to help kind of run things so a lot of it was just character building and talking with it, each other in character and getting into it and it's, uh, yeah that was pretty cool i i really did in those moments because it was just us and nobody watching really milked a lot of the awkward moments like like a bunch <laughs> of characters just had a huge blowout fight and i'm like great you're stuck in the middle of nowhere uh now you're in a van okay cool yep. so we get to the next place i said you're nope. in a van <laughs> An hour yeah. passes. Another real time hour. go. Well, no, <laughs> I, I would keep them in real time for a half hour. Yeah. I would be like, the flight is 30 minutes. You guys are stuck sitting next to each other. Like, go. And like, you'd get some really great interactions that way. But I think streaming, yeah, I gotta cut that out. Uh, Robin. Um, I think like a, a lot of the chat is saying is, uh, I think yes, for a thing that clicks, I think the clicks are what gets you the tons of clicks on episode one. I think the, the constant views, um, I, I, people, I think watch dork tales, especially, I think they watch us for our stories and our characters. Cause I think we have Thank really you. good, both, both of them are really good. I think your mm -hmm. stories are oh, fantastic. You. And uh, like all of our cast are amazing at 
having characters. Mm-hmm. What so, are you laughing while I'm trying I, to be nice? I, you're, you're, you're wonderful because I was thinking earlier because I talked about clicks oh. and views during the last part of the con, mm-hmm. and like there's like a little Twitter, very small, but like a few people on Twitter, uh, other content creators are talking about like their big numbers and stuff like that. And I'm just remembering you're talking about that, and I was like, oh well, they should go watch like Random Memories, get those get those numbers up. And I was like, what they should really watch is my Let's Play, so I can have more than five views. Oh, that's why you're laughing. I was laughing because I was thinking we've got like 30,000 views on Wild Beyond the Witch Line. I've got five views on my Last of Us playthrough. And we're, wow. we're all... And I'm two of them. I, I own, I own one video game and it's Overwatch and I have played a total of maybe five hours at absolute most. I'd watch you play that. Anyway. <laughs> but that's but, i think i i don't think a, a ton of our audience is necessarily video game folks yeah i think mm-hmm. they want to watch us do our yeah. thing and tell a story so i think yeah. it's i think we all need to um worry about like worry less maybe a bit more about the pacing and to get a little bit better at taking back some of those more scenes like say hey yeah. i would love to, keiko would love to have a would love to sit around the fire with with zarya or Sabina or Dorlin and have yeah. that oh, scene worry. play out. Don't worry, don't worry. I've got mm-hmm. some great stuff coming. I, I actually do it. Oh, hmm? I was just gonna say, I think personally, um, because they are modules and people are here to watch us run the module, I always get really um, nervous being like, is my character good enough? Do people actually enjoy this character? And <laughs> yeah. or would they be like, oh damn, this bitch talking for 20 minutes yeah. with some other person. I like that other person. But this bitch, you know, like You're the same. only one with a command yet. Yes. Well, yeah, it's not ev- technically her command. Okay, everybody everybody <laughs> likes honestly all of your characters are great. Everybody likes your characters. Dor Doralyn's a button pushing freak machine. <laughs> Zarya's a sex bomb. Keiko's like a horny bard who who does songs, yeah. and and Sabina is a cinnamon roll. Like everybody, Absolutely. everybody likes everybody. It's fine. It's uh, it's more that that that's kind of why I put her out there, but not so much as to be like, you know, like the 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 banter. Usually, think, you tell you what, turn it up. I think we could get I, we could get more out of her. Let's do it after this. Let's start opening her up. Let's okay. start. Let's start opening her up. You can, and if you if it goes too far, we can always turn it back. You okay. you can have the the day that she forgot her meds, in, in the history of the game. You know, she forgot to take her Adderall that day, or she took more of it. I don't know. Um, and uh, you know, it is what it is. Speaking of somebody, but that's not a crack. That's 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 a lived experience. Just gonna put that out there before before the comment section floods. Yeah, um, and I think I think we all need to be willing as well to kind of like push each other because i think i think what happens is we all want to leave space for other people to talk and then that sounds like us doing nothing and so kelly you're going okay no one wants to talk okay move on to the next thing where we're all like well i kind of want to do something but i want to let someone else do something yeah i I don't want to be i don't want to be a scene hog i just i was just very prevalent in the last scene so i don't want to be prevalent in this i won't let someone else do it we're too canadian we're so no, Canadian. no, you're positive you. players. You're positive players, and you're trying to help each other, right? I, yeah. I think that spotlighting is really important to make sure that everybody gets that. But how about you let me worry about that more than you worry about it? I mean, be sure. be mindful of sure. each other. Like if you're yeah. like, oh, I got all the kills and all the role player for like three hours already. Maybe I shouldn't butt into this scene. Cool. If you want to do that, yeah. you think that's that that's good. That's good. But I mean, don't be afraid to take your spotlight. Damn it. 
Like, yeah. because, like, take it, and if I need to adjust it, I'll adjust it. Okay? <laughs> or I'll PM well, yeah, especially you and be like, as... Shut up. Shut up! <laughs> well, and and especially like if we are, yeah, <laughs> if we're having conversations with another NPC, Ooh, to- at least you can shut us down. Tobin, you say something really good there. Watching you give the players opportunities to roleplay is part of learning how to run the chapters. You know what? Oh, I hadn't thought fair. of it that way. That's so that good, is that's that's looking thought. for gaps in the plot where where development can happen. That's that's smart. Mm. You're smart. Well done. I like you. I like you. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, and I think that's part of this one in particular. Like I was saying, like I I like the opening of it better because it gives you so much more room for role play. I like mm. I was the one. I was kind of the outlier in saying I liked the opening of Netherdeep more than Witchlight. In that, I felt like it was just a lot more lazy and you could kind of just do your own thing there wasn't a time crunch um and so i think you're i think this module in particular it's one of the reasons it's probably better for more advanced role players Mm -hmm. um but it also gives that opportunity more than some of them i think it's still in chapter sorry in chapter was kind of a more of a like a curated this is a time for role play whereas in chapter two the the DM kind of has to find it. Like you're traveling together. It's still about, you know, da, 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 da. there's nothing in the distance, you know, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? Kind of thing. Who's navigating kind of thing. Right. So. Yeah. Bazazan, uh, when we get to Bazazan, we, we get a bit more on the rails again, I think. So um, when we were talking about this module during our module panel this weekend, uh, what we, we were talking about how we didn't like chapter two, like that came out a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to explain that this is a Dragon Age game. Like, this is really yeah. just playing Dragon Age Inquisition, where it's, um, like, there's a lot of role-playing opportunities, but Chapter 2 is very much like, oh, you are traveling to the next place, and you're grinding so that you're the right level mm-hmm. when you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very much that in many ways. Um, I think something that's uh, hmm. also uh, interesting um, and that I feel a little bit of apprehension about is, I, I know Dorland's a, a big talker, like he says a lot of stupid things and tries to like instigate some things. Um, but I also feel like uh, all of the NPCs and the players are so different. Even like like I, Maggie and Dermot, like they kind of get sort of the same vibe, but with different flavor. But like they're so different and so interesting that I just want to spend my time talking to everyone yes. like fuck the game and everything <laughs> else like I just want to have one-on-ones <laughs> with every single person which is well it's great I think um it's uh to want to do that and have that drive because I, I want to see what happens when like Keiko and Dorlin go out one-on-one uh, for a beer and see how shit they get into because that's just good something's gonna blow up we I just think, know something's gonna do I that. think that well, do you want to take more time next episode in the in the air the uh, the caravan? Well, part of the thing that I think might be a problem with that though is over half of those are you, the person running it. So even if it was like at a tabletop game, um, like they're all interesting, and if everyone else feels the same way and wants to have like kind of those growing interactions, well, just, and just try to get just you- try to have three way conversations true like you don't have to <laughs> monopolize an npc you can go and be like like i i so long as it is it is better for me always don't don't 
don't plan your role playing like this. It's always better for me if people have very dissimilar voices. Like if you are, because I mean, if you don't use voices in your game, don't stress about that. But for example, if you're going up to Dermot, Dermot kind of has a, a higher pitched voice and has a bit of a, a bit of a, a nervous stutter. And you're like, you're talking to Maggie. You know, like there's very, it's very easy for me to have a four way conversation as two people. But when you get like Irvin and, uh, and Galsariad and Valis. Well, yeah, keeping, keeping the two drow sounding different than each other has been a, uh, I, I can tell it's, it is easy yeah. to tell. It's, it's very easy it's, to tell. Galsariad's very in his nose. Yeah. He's and my he's very full of himself. He's my Raceland Majer voice. <laughs> Come with me now, brother. As I don the red robes of. Yeah. Something or other. Something or other. I'm uh, so, yeah. I'm so, guys, I'm so excited for Dragonlance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the point that I tried to make is, uh, um, Chris, you're going to end up like, as uh, one of the trying to monopolizing so much of your time when yeah. other people also want your time to explore these things. It's yeah. our time. Uh, but yeah, no. If you're, but if you if you overdo it, I'll let you know. Like that's just the thing, right? Like you just just tr trust trust me, trust me. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, be kind to the other the rest of the cast. Like, don't overdo it if you know you're overdoing it. But like, have fun, have fun. Um, I have well, a quick loop around point. Um, I just wanted to loop back to saying that like we kind of chat on this chapter during the module panel. Um, <laughs> just back. a big old, just took a big old chapter two on chapter two. <laughs> um, but I, I think, I think the reason I feel that I didn't. I, th I think this is a bad chapter is not necessarily from an enjoyment side. Cause you're right. There's a lot of opportunity for role play. I think it can like the right group would really, really enjoy this. And I think we do as well. I think we all just kind of stifled ourselves due to the medium in which we play. Um, but I think, like I said, I think of modules as intros to D and D like be because I did, I didn't run modules until mm. which until candle keep. It's the first time I ever encountered modules. Um, I so you, think, you think of them as paint by numbers rather exactly. than actual and, art. And so in my head, like a module, it should be, can be made bigger. Obviously you've proven that, but I feel like a module should at its core be for someone who has never run a game before and can take it with a table of brand new people and go. And this especially chapter two to a table that isn't really sure what they're doing mm -hmm. may not have a lot of fun with it. And I think that's my hindrance. Like that's why I, I, I feel that it is kind of grindy. It is kind of grindy. Yeah. Um, now that being said, if you are more of an old school D and D player, like you really love the combat, you love the grind. Yeah. You probably are maybe, maybe maximized or, you know, I think you probably have fine with it like this is if yeah if, you, if you're playing like with a bunch of maps and stuff like that and it's yeah. less of a, like i think i think that yeah chapter two is is a great grind house yeah uh, and there are some like encounters that y'all didn't have that are not grindy like there's a couple where you just meet some people and you have a chat but i was gonna save those for the second half Fair. anyway yeah. um but let's talk about the other part of this the emerald loop the caravan stop mm. the part that was actually fun yes so well i not like yeah i i think it the chapter two the beginning part was fun like fun in the sense that it was kind of the 
the feeling of starting the adventure. Then it kind of got grindy, and then you kind of get this this nice break for the Emerald Loop, which was so cool. Like this what, what, forest, so cool. the oh, Emerald yeah. Loop, the, yeah. just like this tree. Was that in Critical Role? Did they did they have that? Did they go there in season two? No, the they did two? not. Okay, no, they did not. That is something new, unique. Mm-hmm. I like it. At least I think so. I I'm getting campaigns mixed together in my head because I'm listening through <laughs> Vox Machina right now, so they might have, but it was early-ish. Do you want to hear some weird things about the caravan? Depends. Yes. Are we going to spend more time in it, and will we discover them in game? I'll oh, tell you yeah. a couple of I'll tell you a couple of things that struck me as weird that will not apply to you. So um, there's a, there's a cute little thing, a couple of cute things you can do with like the big horizon back tortoise and the goblins that live on it. It's right. not really it's not really much of a thing aside from that you can go and like just interact with them, and they're a family of goblins. Some of them are basically like. Um, I'm trying to think of a character, but like like buck toothed kids type of thing. Like, hello, I'm a goblin. Type of you know, it's it's cute. Um, there's an ox corral where they're set. Well, I've had enough corralling thanks to Deadlands. Uh, but so there's like a bunch of oxen nearby, and uh, they're specifically like they're there. And there's a specific line that says they're usually docile, but a character who tries to spook them into making a sudden noise can make a check causing them to stampede. Nah. What? Whoops. And it's like the ruckus creates enough distraction that allows one or more of the characters to search a location without being seen by the others in the caravan stop. But there's not... Is there something I'm... There's, there's nothing I missed, right? Like, there's... It's only two pages... So I guess that could be used if you wanted to rob the merchants of their rope and healers kits. Oh, they do have potions of healing. That's right. You could get potions of healing from the merchants. Um, but that's just kind of weird. It's just a weird little add-on where the oxen can be harassed. Mm. And here are the rules for it. Really? This seems kind of weird to me. Just out of nowhere. Considering that the only other things you could do is return a bunch of stuff, get like, talk to NPCs at the bonfire, buy some food and like, just kind of hang out. Yeah. It's kind it's kind well, of like, you know, like you go to Coachella <laughs> and it's like, Hey, um, so if your players want to distribute bad, like bad drugs and they distribute them at this place, like the 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 you know the the millennials riot enough that you can go and like, beat up Coldplay <laughs> without anybody noticing. Oh, you dream. know what? That's a pretty good plot. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, though, I think that is how the players at that table might what they might have done, and him kind of being like, "Oh, if they do this, like my players might have done, this could happen," kind of thing, right? So, because mm -hmm. it's not like every single table is going to have someone who does that. But I think it definitely could have been something for oh. a critical role. Just like, I'm just going to be a little shit disturber, right? I can, I can see that. That's it's what just, I want to do. It's just such a, like, but given that they're, this chapter it's very specific. It's very specific and it's very <laughs> sparse besides that, where it's like, oh, yeah, we, like there wasn't like a place where it's like, oh yes, you can go wrestle more bounders for fun type of thing, right? Like for like a physical yeah. character. It's all like, if you are a shithead, this is the yeah. shithead thing. And it's like. What about okay cool chris what were you gonna say well uh buddy mentioned in the chat actually uh maybe the uh, corral is an opportunity for um if uh, we didn't have the vestige uh to try and steal it from the rival party 
Oh, yeah. You know what? He was like that. I was like, oh, that's a yeah. Like a yeah nice that idea. is that's that... smart, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Depending so on the party, but yeah, good idea. That's mm-hmm. fair, because yeah, that's I. I will say that if somebody somebody gets on to me for that, I didn't read the hostile rivals stuff very in depth because. <laughs> Why it doesn't matter it doesn't apply to me but yeah yeah, so characters can't sneak up on the rivals on the open road if the rivals are camping you'll have to sneak in uh galsaria detects them uh blah 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 blah. um so yeah that that probably is why that probably is why um that's probably just me not reading between the lines right there so yeah good point good point sorry for i mean we're we're not the party that would like you wouldn't have to think about that for our party so like yeah. you're you wouldn't like we wouldn't expect you to necessarily have to think about all the other things because we're not that kind of party right now so mm, for you yeah. as a dungeon master you don't have to think about well, what are the 20 ways up. my <laughs> and and that that kind of ties into you i know we had a couple people um ask again about like what do you do if your players don't get the vestige and I feel like possibly having someone present the opportunity to steal it back from them is a bit of an incentive. It is. You know what I would do if the characters didn't get the vestige? We talked about this in the original mm-hmm. where you you would find out that like a bounty has been put out on them by some syndicate or bad people, etc. Who just want like a big magic item. Have some npcs trigger the 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 oxen stampede because then then you can get like a fight or a chase or something right in the middle of the caravan Mm -hmm. right where y'all can become out as the good guys rescuing them or maybe even heightened tensions because then then it becomes this whole like hey you're the ones who did the oxen thing aren't you well no it's these other guys yeah but you're in on it with them Mm -hmm. (laughs) why are you so concerned about what we won fair and square you know yeah Um, (laughs) so you can also like there are a couple of other ways to get it from them as well like you're all sitting around a table together or you're sitting around a campfire together um eating basically a poke bowl made by the the drow scout um the merchants are selling like healers kits which means that there's probably some um uh what's the term i'm thinking of expectorate no that's spit um uh (laughs) Basically, in a healer's kit, there is bound to be something that's going to make you sick to your stomach. Either like oh, a laxative yeah. or an... Um, uh, an uh, emetic? Emetic? Yeah. I guess. Because anti-emetic right. is like to not puke, so I'd say emetic. That's fair. Puke. So someone's going to put the right <laughs> response somewhere. Probably. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but basically, you're going to... You could drug their food to make them sick and steal it from them while they're puking. Like, you can... There are lots of, like, little fun ways to get involved there. Um... Yeah, I, th- I I actually quite enjoyed the Emerald Loop, um, and I look forward to, to dealing with it a little more. Uh, the Emerald Loop actually brought a question up from, uh, who posted? That was from Aunt Random Equinox, wasn't it? Uh, for Kelly and Robin, looking for more insight into Bodhi. Was the original plan as part of Keiko's backstory? Yes, absolutely. From day two, probably, once you decided to play Keiko, you decided that he was married. Or no. Yeah, she was married. Yes, I wanted her to be a bard, but I and I was like, yeah, she's gonna be flirtatious, but I don't want her to be like the horny bard that sleeps around. She actually has like a fa- like a family that she wants to, like, go back to kind of thing. I was like, I want to be a little bit different from uh, from the usual 
like mm. horny bard trope. Um, so I wanted her to be in a very committed relationship. I'm like, yeah, she's married. She could travel mm. for work kind of thing to that. And oh, she's from Azarius, yeah. which, oh my gosh, I apologize for the like five I, I minutes it took. No, I, I edited it out of the YouTube version, so no one knows. Oh, nice. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, um, and then, but yeah, I put that on there. But like you also like, I think they have like an agreement or something like that. So that if you ever did want to play Horny Bard on the road, it is yes. not like a huge bad thing. So yes. like having a, a, an understanding marriage is probably mm -hmm. a good thing for that. Was, was he always a tiefling? I can't remember. Yes. Yes. I said tiefling because the Azarius is the city of beasts. So I was like, mm, that's fair. he is a tiefling. He's going to be a shopkeeper. I, oh, I, well, we, we discussed his career because you're like, oh, I don't want to give a shopkeeper that will give discounts because that people will like accuse me for cheating by giving my well, players. Well, mostly just I didn't want to give you an unfair advantage just because of a character choice. Yeah. Right? So I was like, yeah, no, you can totally have him as a merchant. He'll be able to give you to get you stuff at market value mm -hmm. or slightly higher. Be and in the end, it's you're investing the money more than anything. Exactly. It, it it's goes, the retirement fund. <laughs> right. And I love that idea. The whole like, well, no, I'm going to charge you more. You're adventuring. I can protect the money better than you can. Yeah. In the end. Right. I'll go invest it in insurance or something like that. And, you know, in the end, we'll be we'll be millionaires. Um, exactly. How much of his personality and mannerisms were planned in advance as opposed to thrown together as last minute inspiration? Um, so you told me that you wanted him to have my Tom Ellis accent. Yes. I, I specifically requested, that's how I got to tiefling. Cause you're like, Oh, what does he sound like? Well, I'm like, oh, Keiko has a fancy British accent. I'm like, she learned it from her husband. Cause she wanted to get rid of her orc, Goliath, um, which if, and you if didn't Keen want my I've... Hugh Grant. You wanted the Tom Ellis. No, I wanted the Tom Ellis. And I was like, well, okay, if we're going to go into that accent, well, tiefling sounds good. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. So, and then like the, a lot of his personality, like from the role playing, like an NPC side of it came from trying to figure out what this dude was named. Cause I rolled up his stats just to see what I'd get. His stats are better than Keiko's. <laughs> um, but um, it's, it's hilarious. Um, but we were having trouble naming him. And then I think we, we looked at a couple generators and like Bodhi came up as a possibility or, or it popped into my head because of all of the tiefling names are like justice and, um, you know, like emancipation and like all of these like very like highfalutin words. And I'm like, okay, how about a husband named, um, uh, uh, oh, I'm going to mess up the word, but Bodhisattva. Right. Um, but he goes by Bodhi, like, uh, mm -hmm like the guy from Point Break <laughs> because his parents were hippies. So they named him uh, something really stupid. It, it, it does have such a Chad vibe to it. And it made me like when I heard his name was Bodie, I was like, yes. Yeah, because you, you're all about the Chads. Oh, the Chads, the Chazes. It's Chaz. Charles yeah. in charge. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there was that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, the role playing was just kind of like, oh, well, you know, how would someone roleplay if they haven't seen their their lover in months? How would someone roleplay with someone they genuinely care about? You know, like, just, you know. It's easy. I've been in a lot of long-distance relationships. You just kind of turn that part of your brain back on, and it's super easy. And then just say, oh, you're in front of people. So, you know, take some of it out. 
but yeah, what was there anything else about about that experience that you thought was fun? Like yeah. the caravan? Yeah. Or the, well, the husband? Or the well, I didn't know what you were talking about. Well, like, I thought it was kind of fun, like having him have met some of us. And like having that, that part was improvised. We hadn't actually worked yeah. that out beforehand. Yeah, we hadn't worked that out before. That was improvised. 100%. No, yeah. Which, which I think, like, because I, I had originally been like, oh, okay, we're gonna get introduced to this guy. But then mm. you were like, oh no, you've met, and it's like, oh, okay, intro- okay. Now we gotta play. What were the? What was their relationship? What have they been before? And actually, he has I a nickname mm-hmm. for Sabina, right? Like, I made that decision off of your reaction to him. Yeah. Because you did kind of an old, like a, oh God, eye roll. And I'm like, that's the kind of reaction that someone gives someone they know. Yes, that they are very good friends with and love very much. Right. You wouldn't like, (laughs) like if someone randomly, like if one of your friends showed up and then like their partner who you'd never met just showed up and like started like glomping all over them. I, I doubt that's the reaction you would give. You'd probably do a whole like, uh, forced smile. Yeah, exactly. Right? And I'm like, oh, well, they obviously know each other. And then yes. um, and then Zarya was like an easy, like, oh, hi, we were tieflings. We obviously know each other, you know, because we're tieflings, you know. You know, Bob the tiefling. Of course, right? Bob the tiefling, oh, Bob. Uh, Jesus. From Tieflingville. Oh, uh, and God, then Dorlin was the obvious choice to not know him. Yeah. Like, I think do we... as soon as I uh, mentioned that he was there, I was just like, he's here let's go i want to meet him that's right and chris also said oh i didn't know that you were married so that was uh, and i think that's really important to like have characters that have backstories that come up into play like people travel people mill around um and anybody who argues with you uh the world's a really small place then like there there have been times where i've ended up in the same airport as someone and just bumped into them and like what the hell (laughs) like where are you why what I had yeah. to loan someone, I had to load a very, very close friend of mine, like 300 bucks in an airport that we were both physically in at the same time by accident because they had to rebook their ticket, but it was in Japan, so they only t- would accept cash. Oh my God. And it just turned out that I was in the same airport in Osaka. And they were like, oh, can you wire me some money? Like, they called me as an emergency. And I'm like, well, what? where are you? And they're like, oh, well, I'm in the Osaka airport. And I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me call you back. And I left security, walked around, walked up behind her, and was like, how much money do you need? <laughs> She's like, how did you do that? And I'm like, I'm Batman. <laughs> and then I solved it with money. As I'm you Batman. solved, as I was going to say, because you're Batman. As a Batman. But no, it was interesting because uh, uh, up until... Keiko I don't think I've ever had like a a backstory as fleshed out as as Keiko and like a like with an NPC as fleshed out as Bodhi was so it's kind of an interesting thing because a lot about this another deep campaign I've had a very clear image about Keiko and her her backstory and timeline so that's when because I was like oh she's known Bodhi for six years they got married a year ago so she knows him for seven years so it's like okay if they got married a year ago and we've been she's been traveling for a year ish it's like okay she's probably popped in every once in a while because i don't think she would live like go a full year necessarily if she stayed in short house yeah yeah Yeah, (laughs) those honeymooning times away from each other like that yeah Yeah. it's like the strengthens the marriage but the acorn sisters were great yeah I loved that interaction oh, with yes. Galsariad and Zarya. Oh, so was precious. one of my favorites <laughs> I've been in. It yeah, was so was good. good. I, th- I think that it's it's very important when you're running this module to um like there are some characters that have like 
definitive weaknesses built into their character like Irvin being kind of a little awkward and but also being like a party animal like that kind of covers it up by drinking um the awkward covers it up by drinking up a party animal and that Io is is basically Cora from Legend of Cora like point blank she's like short-tempered but very direct and like positive um but like Galsariad is just kind of like written as a prick like it's like oh he's very snotty and very like bookish give him something to fanboy about give him give him like a little a little weakness you know like that isn't just oh he's a jerk like give him something that kind of like gives you a little like you know well and i liked that his was like yeah sure they're like pretty ladies but it was it felt more like these are powerful natural beings which i've read about yeah yeah and it (laughs) kind of caught me off guard of like oh i guess he would be interested in this right well Mm -hmm. yeah because i never actually i I honestly assumed that galsariad is asexual like or or definitely aromantic from the way that that he's written like he's definitely Mm -hmm. arrow he doesn't give a crap if it's not a book like he's if if he is sexual it's sapiosexual (laughs) right yeah um and uh the same with hadn't actually considered maggie that way but maggie's incredibly like mentally focused as well and and like really getting into the psychology of the npcs can be very useful to you as as a storyteller or dungeon master however you want to lay it down um so yeah uh let's see now that days apricot asks now that we've done two chapters would anyone change their class or race or are you happy with what you chose We actually talked a little bit about that, about me changing some of my features because I had misread some of them or I didn't know one was available, but we ended up sticking with it because I think it fits the character better and it, 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 I think it's going to become useful in the, without any spoilers. Favorite, I think it's favorite enemy, favorite enemy versus favorite foe. Yeah. Um, I would, cause I, I like the idea of favorite enemy. It, yeah. It isn't as useful and it kind of weirds me out that instead mm. of just, you know, giving you some kind of bonus in fighting your specific favorite enemy mm. they were like nah here's watered down hunter's mark so what i so. what i usually do with favorite enemies as well is add a narrative component to it like, yeah like when give them give them like opportunities like increase their um their passive perceptions in your head too like if pa- if like if they don't quite meet the passive perception to notice a favorite enemy round up in your head you know, be like, okay, you needed an 18, you only have a 17. You know what? Uh, yeah, it smells like orc. Or you notice like a little deal. Like, give them that narrative boost to make them cool. Like, yeah, the whole point of being a ranger is you're supposed to be Aragorn, right? Like, that yeah. is that is the ideal. You're, you're Aragorn and or Legolas, depending on the, the moments in the movie. And really, like, lean into that. Yeah. Um, but when you are building for a module... Uh, and you have someone who wants to play a ranger or something with very specific things that are going to occur. Like, don't let your don't let your players take favorite enemy on something that will not occur in the module. It is absolutely okay to say, Krista, don't take dragons. Or Sounds Krista, good. don't take constructs. Like, or maybe even point blank, like I did. Okay, here's a minor spoiler. Uh, take aberrations. 
Well, and that's what was so funny is I everything's I, a damn aberration. Well, you gave me you gave you gave us the like we looked at the the module and I was like, okay, it's this kind of like underworld kind of watery thing. And I was like, okay, well, what do I think with it? I think aberrations is really interesting, especially because she loves the natural world. So what is unnatural? And mm. I like the idea of aberrations being unnatural, and that's what she is against and spends her time fighting. Mm -hmm. um and so especially being from a kind of you know wasteland type area uh and so i liked that but then i had read favored foe and i was like oh is this gonna be better are people gonna get all up on me if i don't take the more like strategically advantageous option uh especially after getting so razzed for not taking hunter's mark <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the I, everybody um but then and then so i brought that up and so we said oh well let's take a look and we were like well there's fiends and there's this kind of thing and then yeah. kelly started looking it was like no no keep keep aberrations <laughs> keep aberrations because i had forgotten that like damn near everything in the nether deep is an aberration um yeah. the other the only other thing i was like take humans or yeah. like like humanoid I, things i did to kill the other party well, absolutely. And I had considered humans because I, I liked this idea of like, I don't, it hasn't really played out too much in her, but like whenever we fought animals, she is instantly like, don't fight them. It's fine. They're just scared. Help them. Animal friendship, animal friendship, animal friendship. Um, but as soon as we come up against a humanoid, she's like, eh, fuck you. You can die. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and she's like, well, animals have never hurt me, but people have hurt me a lot so mm -hmm. screw them uh they're they they made a choice to be cruel that animal didn't uh and and so she she leans into that so i had considered taking humanoids and taking humans and i don't know elves or something but just drow in particular just galsariad favorite enemy <laughs> yes, specifically a yeah, favorite enemy galsariad let's see you can uh play around with those um like social checks with them to mess I with them exactly uh, and yes traz if dax dies i will become john wick no that is something that i want to touch on real quick just to yes. make sure that it is stated um so uh, obviously if uh if a character has a pet in a game uh i say hands off like so long as they're not trying to use it in a strategic way to be like oh no we can only destroy the one ring by putting it into lava ah but my ferret's invincible the dm said so we'll tie it around the ferret's neck and it'll run it in. no obviously the ferret is is fair game then just like yeah. in combat dax is fair game dax counts as part of your hit points for for my 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 mental state yeah like, well he he has almost as many hit points as i do right and if yeah. like to be fair i'm gonna hurt him um luckily he's a he's an animal spirit so the way that yeah. we're going, the way we'll play it is he just is how much does it take for you to summon him back uh i think it's the same as summon familiar so i think it's an hour and like 50 gold or 100 gold or something like that like something okay cool like so if he gets really badly injured he just will have to be specially recuperated yeah right so i'm not going to have him discorporate because that's not how we're playing him as we're playing him as like a living being yes yeah i i wanted him for color purposes to be a living being and 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 i mean if he dies like i mean that is something that we can tackle where we are and see where we're at and, and see what would make turned sense out the dax was a girl and now there's a little more bounder kitten there oh yay the circle uh, of live ice pudding <laughs> oh, oh, <rice> pudding. <laughs> oh. 
Uh, you left them alone for oh two seconds. Oh my god, seconds. amazing. Yeah. Like those raccoons in front of my house. This morning, Robin couldn't leave for work because the raccoons were romanticizing on her alley. <laughs> Yeah, sidewalk right outside my door. Join our Discord and go see pictures. Yep, in our NSFW yeah. chat. I, I did like that you joked uh, in in the Dork Tales like group chat, being like, "This is not safe for work." Yeah, oh, yeah. Needs <laughs> to be tagged, not safe for work. That's true. Yes. Um, so, oh, and you looked up the, yeah, you looked up the, or we were talking about the changes in Tasha's. Uh, so yeah, is there anything else about chapter two y'all, y'all think we should talk about or touch on? Well, did anyone else um, want to think about changing their character? I was able oh, yeah. to yeah, I'll that. jump in. I think if Zarya was completely, completely useless the way I built her, perhaps. But I did build just a character. I didn't build a character for the module. I played, I, I built what I wanted to play. And I built her the way that I wanted to play her. Um, so I don't think unless it was like, uh, oh my god, I can't do anything ever. I'm having no fun playing this character. Fun. Yeah. Are you having fun playing so her? Say, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Good. <laughs> but, I, but I'm just, I'm just trying to get it that I'm not, I didn't build her to suit the module. Um, I just built her because that's what I wanted to play. That's what I wanted to experience. And I feel like if if we hadn't befriended the rivals and the rivals hadn't come with us, you might have a different experience because like I feel like a lot of Zarya's stuff has been the flirtation with Irvin and like so far, working yeah. and working with Dorlin and and having those like NPC you guys interactions. Keep bringing up this Irvin fellow. Have I not met him? <laughs> Irwin, Sorry, Irwin. Keith. Keith Irvin. Irvin. Keith Irvin. Irvin. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, is it Irwin? It's Irwin, isn't it? Yeah. And it would have Irvin. been a different experience it's just because it would be there to It's Irvin. To talk Irvin? With, I would definitely have figured something else yes. out. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's very fair. Irwin. Um I, I love Keiko so much. <laughs> um she's one of the first it's funny because when I built when I first started with Dork Tales and I built built Vistra, I definitely looked on like websites like RPG Dot to build the most like not min max but optimized i built an optimized character for vistra and now with keiko i'm just like goliath and bard fuck it those two things don't typically <laughs> go together and i love it i love having a slightly non-optimized character for more flavor because i just love the flavor that keiko has she's just a I, yummy flavor i find it so weird nowadays like seeing like you know fresh face babies picking up D D and being like i'm playing this incredibly obscure weird race with this very strange homebrewed thingy and i'm like play a human fighter man like what are mm. you doing like you gotta you gotta put your hours in what are yep. you doing yeah. nah, it's, it's it's my one gatekeepy it's my one you gotta be special from day one and every, it's always an Aarakocra, too. It's always an Aarakocra. <laughs> no, it's want... tieflings. It's all the gay tieflings. Well, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> They're a standard race, like, core. In there, they are right? now, yeah. They yeah. are now. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Like they're the number of people that insisted on playing them before they were a core race. Mm -hmm. No, like oh, here's okay. here's something you might not know. Tieflings weren't core. Uh the core race of Dragonborn weren't core too for the longest time. It was it was no. humans, half elves, elves, dwarves, gnomes, and halflings. And that was that was about it, right? Yeah. You'd get random edition. Oh, and half orcs. Yeah, yeah fourth, fourth edition. Fourth for editions when Dragonborns. There were there were two yeah. things in fourth edition uh, in the classes and races that I love. One of them survived, and that's Dragonborn. The other one is the Warlord class, which didn't survive, and I'm sad about it. 
uh, I gotta re I gotta rewrite that thing. But I, I think fourth edition is when they took uh, a tiefling and made it core. And uh, I think fourth also took away gnome, and fifth edition brought it back from the core Didn't book. They, wasn't gnome I thought it was like that. a subset of halfling in fourth edition? No, I think they. Um, I, I'm pretty sure gnome was core, and that uh, fourth edition they got rid of gnome and brought the tiefling in in the core book. Hold on, there was a whole flash video about it. It was. I actually thought it was kind of funny because the gnome was like, "I'm a monster. I can't wait to tell my mom." <laughs> what the oh, hell? It was. I, I thought it was good. What the hell? Wow, I'll see if I can find it and post it in the Discord. Yeah, please do, because like, I'm I'm curious about. Oh yeah, because they also added a ladder, didn't they? A, a ladrin. I was gonna say a ladder. What's yeah, a ladder? Class? A sentient ladder. Step ladder. Oh, what are you doing? Oh my God. For the next for no. the next campaign, I want to play a ladder, please. Okay, no, you're because you're you have to play a step ladder because you're not my real ladder. Okay, fine. <laughs> I'll be your step ladder. So step uh, on no. me, ladder. Oh no, Chris. Oh, no. Chris, you're right. So player's handbook one was halfling, half elf, elf, human, dwarf, dragonborn, tiefling, and Eladrin. Uh, and wasn't then, wasn't like very first edition you were like wizard fighter elf well i'm i'm, I'm talking about fourth edition player oh sorry i'm yeah I'm, I'm thinking so like, yes you're, you're right though and in, in first edition your xp was your gold so technically yeah. Yeah. if you started with enough gold it was like winning monopoly or like real life capitalism the gay yeah. <laughs> uh, player's handbook two was half orc shifter gnome goliath and diva or deva even though it's spelled oh. diva. Uh, Pat Lair's Handbook 3 was Minotaur Shard Mind, which just sounds like if you've had a drink at the table, it's just gonna... <laughs> my Shard Mind! Oh my god! <laughs> um, uh, oh, Githrazai no. and Wilden. Uh, and then, oh, uh, I forgot, Pat... I forgot about the Gith. Yeah, and then uh, Eberron added Changelings, a different type of change. Or, sorry, um... Uh, Changelings, Kalishtar, and uh, Warforged, which Warforged are dope. So I, I don't yeah. see like Warforged need to be in more things. To be honest, they're great. I know. I want to play one. I want to. Ow! That my knee just cracked real bad there. That's fine. That was a you sound. Get another one. Yeah, I think we need an Oops All Warforged game. Oops yeah. All Warforged. Oh my God. Then they combine into into one singular yes. Warforged. Yes. Yes. This is Voltron, the game. Yeah, transform, is... <laughs> transform to form Nether Deep. Actually, no. I guess it's more like the Transformers, like um, what's his name, who had the the tape deck, and had all the mini machines that would pop out of him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shockwave. Where's like Christopher? Be more than meets the eye. <laughs> so yeah, Pretty um, sure that's that's kind of how I'm feeling about chapter two. Uh, is there anything else that we want to talk about? Uh, Chris, did you say, would you stick with Dorlin? Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, uh, it's it's actually funny. Uh, 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 I had an original concept that we touched on uh, a little bit uh, in, uh, I think, the last How They Do or Session Zero. Um, and that was made, um, both Dorlin and... Um, and uh, that concept were made from um, like rolling randomly in the uh, I think it was the Explorer's Guide to Wildmont, like just being like, all right, like let's just do something different, see what happens. And uh, we didn't do that concept, but I don't think I would have had as much fun with Dorland. Dorland's just been uh, 
a hoot because like i mean he's got some pretty pretty good stats and the, the um you know the uh, armor artificer is pretty fun but uh he's definitely i think going to be getting in the most trouble um in situations he can't handle by because like there's no way you're going to be able to stop him from touching all the things um and uh, i i think that's just going to be fun and a, a good way to uh um He's going to make a lot of mistakes. <laughs> Just a few. Yeah. So I've, I've really, really been enjoying playing him and uh, and also the dynamics uh, with him and the rest of the party. Like, because um, uh, he might not seem it, but he's, he's very, very smart. Not mm -hmm. so wise. And then we've got, like, we've got Sabina here, who's quite reserved, unlike uh, a lot of the other party. And yeah. then we've got... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Zarya, who who is the wise one um, in the group, and then uh, we've got uh, good old Keiko, my comrade in arms. <laughs> it is, oh it yeah, is. and then there's Valus too, but yeah. who knows what his deal is? <laughs> I, it's nobody has, nobody a listens very... to Dad. <laughs> it's it's kind of fun playing a very like quiet, especially like coming from Isaac, and I tend to play very like boisterous, obnoxious characters because I am myself boisterous and obnoxious so i i it's it's kind of been nice to sort of sit back and just kind of play quiet and i like putting in my little two cents of like what sabina's doing i i feel like a lot of shots are like everything it's like a close-up conversation between two people and then pulls back and you just see sabina and dax doing something ridiculous in the background and then it cuts back into the conversation <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah that's, that's awesome good. All right, so is there any any other questions that we have about chapter two? I don't think so. And okay, so um yeah, I suppose that like really chapter two is a bit of an awkward gap. Uh so be prepared for that. If you're gonna run this, uh I would strongly suggest that you see if there's anything from your character's backstories you can tie in. If they have anything in their backstories, um traveling NPCs are a great thing to drop at the Emerald Loop. Uh if they're traveling with the rivals, um you could easily have i mean there are lots of soldiers here so if you needed to build camaraderie you could easily have uh, extensions of some of the contests that existed in the first chapter arm wrestling contests um watch aliens if you want a good hey a bunch of marines hanging out kind of vibe you yeah. can even have a scene where like I don't know. Irvin plays the knife game, you know, the because yeah, he's he gets drunk and he plays the knife game with Galsariad's hand or something, right? Ao's doing like push-ups in the background and finds like a tree to do pull-ups. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's Perez. She is absolutely. Oh God, I love Perez. Do you know what she's doing now? Oh no. So she she quit acting. She runs a lingerie shop specifically for women with large. What? Amazing. She, she's a specialty lingerie slash bra sales person now. Very, very, uh, very lovely. Um, uh, I'll have to look this up. Career change, really, because yeah. yeah. Uh um, oh, Dor Buddy has a question. Buddy has a question. What do you want to do with Valus? Or am I happy with him? Um, mm. so I, I think that Valus is my one. Like, I think that Valus's characterization is coming through pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, because the party teamed up with the other five it's a little much to keep having him do stuff in every scene um yeah so i'm hoping to split groups up a little bit um there are some conflict stuff coming up in the future where i'm going to separate the parties again for a little bit just for for like 
oh, there's trouble. You guys go here. You guys go here because you're already like two functioning teams, right? So that would mm -hmm. make more logical sense. And then mm -hmm. that would give him more time. I'd love to give Valus some more time to just interact with the PCs in, in basically like campfire scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, and tell me if I am wrong, please, but I think I have, I have, I've planted a few seeds of mystery yeah. for the players at least. Yes. I want to dig into Valus more. And I think I, I am loving having the interactions with the other party. And I think it's very integral, but I do, I would like a bit, you know, a little bit of breathing room from the other party because Bazozan will be that mm -hmm. because there's some yeah. stuff going on in Bazozan that needs yeah. your immediate attention. I mean, literally mm -hmm. the next game that we're running. Uh, so here, here's a question: Should I call the next game Bazozan or should I call it the 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 subheading, uh, which is no time for pleasantries? I like that one. Oh, yeah, I like better... that one, especially because yeah. yeah. I feel like we've been like the interactions with the NPCs is like getting to know them and it's that very like oh i'm getting to know you i'm getting to know this person whereas i feel like conversation with valis will be a lot more and they have been a lot more this is a person i know and i mm -hmm. think now that we're the game is going i think getting deeper into that is going to be more important okay is there anything that you want me to change is there anything about the 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 flow of the narrative so far that you'd like me to adjust or anything that like besides just taking a bit more time like is there anything that you you all want this has been uh, good so far for me. And yeah. by the way, DMs, if you're new to this, do this. Like, check in from time to time and be like, is the, everything going well? Is there anything you wish you had a little more of? It, it is not going to hurt anyone's feelings to say, if you do it the right way, to say, cool, you all are enjoying yourselves, right? Is there anything that you're not enjoying? Or is there anything you want extra helpings of? Yeah. See, that one right there, you cannot get offended by someone saying that they loved your cooking enough they want more mashed potatoes yeah right mm -hmm. mashed potatoes yeah yeah so i'll have more mashed potatoes but like is there any is there anything in this that you want more of aside from just character time i think otherwise yeah we're really really good okay mm -hmm. i think um, i think the the um the breakdown has been really good with how much time is devoted to every each each thing mm -hmm. i think it's been i think that's been good Agreed. I want, so I, I, and then as a DM, it is totally fine for you to go through and not give marching orders necessarily, but like, um, if I were to ask the same thing of, of y'all, uh, I think, I think you're all doing pretty well. I think that I want Zarya to, to go a little nuts. Like I want, mm -hmm. like you Caitlin, you specifically said that you're holding back. Let, let's give yes. it a go. Let's, let's see, let's see where you can go with this. And I want more, I want to get inside a Dorlin in particular, in a non-silly way. I want to get underneath mm -hmm. that that facade. Like, I want the deep, surprisingly deep conversation soon. I think that's going to be happening soon. I think they'll be good. Yeah. Um, you know his background, so... I do I do know his background, and uh, I, I want to include that more. Um, well, and something that you've done is, like, and this is, I think, a good note for other DMs, is you've, you've, I don't know, I assume you've messaged other people as well, but, like, messaged me and said, hey, is there any scene that you want out of game tonight? Like, and, and I think that is awesome, especially when mm. it's something like this, when there's so many opportunities. And so, like, and, like, I've told, I, I, I've told Kelly that, like, I really want to interact with Galsariat more. Like, I, mm. I think that, like, her connection to him, and I've explained, like, this is why I want to do that. And I think it's very fun that, like, Sabina wants to talk to him and da-da-da. But, like, 
having that like again i don't necessarily want to bring that up in game to dominate time but the fact that kelly said okay what do you want i can voice this is what i want mm -hmm. and then that space can be made by everybody while kelly's you know putting everybody's figures around and making sure everybody has time well and if you if you have the option at the table like have them put them on put your wants on post-it notes um yeah dungeons and dragons doesn't really have this as a mechanic but uh some of the other games we run on the channel in the chronicles of darkness uh, system had these things called aspirations on characters they use a completely different experience system but basically you get three aspirations two short term <clears throat> and a long term for a character um when you fulfill one you you get some basically experience for for nice and easy terms like it's they can't be things that are mechanical in nature it's like um i don't know but go buy a new sword to replace my broken one um, go have that conversation with Gausariad I've been avoiding like, or it can be things like get badly so like a mechanical thing would be like, get badly injured in a fight could be one or lose a fight. But D and D makes that a little, little more difficult. Um, and then when you complete one at the end of the session, you get a new one, right? So, cause you always have stuff on your to-do list in real life. I think it's also really important to note about them that it's not something that, uh, your character wants. It's what you want Perfect. your character mm -hmm. or to have happen. So if your character is not the type to um, ask out someone they have a crush on, mm -hmm. like getting into that thing to like a try and to fail at asking it out or to try and put them into some a situation that uh, they wouldn't necessarily want to be in. Um, so it's, it's a great way even to kind of get out of the character's view a little bit and look at the story and be like, hey, what helps this a lot? What makes the story more interesting, even if it's not something in necessarily in character that's like playing to lose we talked a bit about that over the weekend right yeah exactly like um it is uh it's something that you should really be looking into because there are a lot of things in characters that um you might want there's a lot of people who say that like oh that's what my character would do no your character is a construct that you have created you are you are behind the wheel okay um regardless like and here is the thing when someone says that's what my character would do or my character would only do this they're thinking very myopically um they're thinking very very shortly because there are things that i would do in real life that i don't even know i would do until i do them okay how many times have you seen somebody who like steps into an argument that they're not a part of or goes and like who completely goes against what they think is their nature. Like the quiet person who like steps into a bar fight or the incredibly generous person who doesn't give to someone who's begging on the street. Like yeah. people do stuff that contradicts their natures all the time. You are in control and you can play that up. You can also ask for some help playing that up. Like exactly what Krista was saying. Like if you are playing a Shire character, you're like, you tell your dungeon master that you want to have this type of encounter like mm -hmm. be it like you know i want to uh want to go and um you know flirt with somebody but i'm not sure how that will be um something that you you know you can work out together totally yeah there's a reason that like 
I know one of our first big fights in Deadlands, uh, I, my character got really wrecked and Millie's character had to, was, was trying to heal me. And as she went to roll, I was like, double ones, double ones, double ones, double ones, double ones. And she rolled them and I almost died, but it was like, no, this character would not do well. Like she needs to roll bad. Otherwise it doesn't make any sense for the story. So like, please fail, please fail. It's so much better if you fail and you got to play like that sometimes like sometimes you want a nat one it's so and honestly like that has made my like i know robin has talked about this as well of like sometimes bad roles put you in a bad mood (laughs) and and but if you but if you go into it being like i'm stoked for the twos and i'm stoked for the failures of roles and i'm stoked for the low damage because that just means there'll be more character development down the road i think that leaning into that is huge for I enjoyment love those critical fails like mm-hmm. those critical yeah. fails eating the pie and choking on it like oh my god, god. that was just yes. so much fun yes so many critical fails i love it you really got to go for it yeah thank you Ouroboros. thank you very much mm. uh, we so like yeah, them too. if you have any last questions drop them in there but besides that i think that that's uh chapter two i'm excited to get back into bazazan mm-hmm. um and uh having no time for pleasantries Mm-hmm. And everybody can get ready to roll for panic attack. Oh my <laughs> god, I love what is that. that. What is that? Oh, roll for panic attack. It's from uh, it's from Dimension Twenty, like the very first season. Oh, okay. uh, so one of the characters has it's a sticker. Oh yes, it's a sticker on my. I thought it was I, a product you were drinking. I'm like, are you sure you should have that? You're pretty yeah. <laughs> It's energy drink. No, I'm I also buy Hexual. Oh, beautiful! Um, uh, I love that. And you I have, have a very. Hexes. I have a very, very sweet sword that says you are worth more than what you can give to other people. You deserve love too. And I say that to all of you and everyone out in the stream as a reminder, because I feel like we don't always remember that, especially some of us who like to run a lot of games to make sure everybody's happy. Not naming names. It's it's my job. It's what I do for a living, folks. Like, I love it. You did this before you got paid. (laughs) This is, but this is why I'm getting paid now. So. <laughs> um, speaking of which, uh, so thank you so much, folks, for for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them below, and I'll try my best to answer them. And join the Discord, which is totally free. Uh, you know what's not free? Uh, Living uh, food, you know, my life, uh, things like that. Uh, and uh, so consider joining the Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/DorkTales. Like uh, such uh, wonderful people as uh, ooh, my divine producer DM Michael Gray, my uh, demonic producer Soul Omen and Bracarius, uh my princess of the patreon taryn buddy eolus uh, uh cubby gummy and uh amethyst they're all wonderful people and there might be some more new ones from the the last couple days uh after dork tales expo uh, a lot of new uh vip tier people um but like yeah so it'd be fantastic to get you over there we just actually surpassed our goal of 75 patrons uh which means that we have announced a new campaign that is going to be launching uh it's going to be a patreon exclusive or a, well patreon premiere access exclusive 
uh, for a while, uh, and that is going to be a fantastic little game. Uh, I might as well say it here because you can find it other places too, but uh, Krista is actually going to be running a game of Strixhaven where I actually get to play. I get to roll dice and get really cranky about my results because I get so cranky when I fail. Oh no! See, so... you need to play to lose. Play to lose. Yeah, I, play to lose. I think that I think that's a really difficult thing as a DM sometimes, though, because you're used to being in absolute control. Yeah. And when you fail, it feels like, damn it, I get so few chances to roll dice. You know. Well, just think like... of it. You get you get so few chances to mess up, and you should yeah. honor all of those chances oof, regardless. Oof. Big oof, messing you're right. up. <laughs> but big oof. Yes, Speaking truly. of messing up, I got really excited there for a moment. I did the chat command to roll a d20 in the chat, and I got a natural one. Yes, very yes. good. Very well it's done. Very, it's very on point for what we were talking about. Yep. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're better at failing perfectly. than me, Chris. You're better at failing. <laughs> I think that's Fail actually forward. When... Fail forward, my friends. Hey, we both got eights, Caitlin. Heck yeah! I was Heck like, I yeah. got an eight. I can't really say you. I got a seven. Yeah. I'm like, okay. That's because you all are oh, great. Oh, you got oh, a seven. Oh, 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 you did it! I did it. Our, I our so powers combined. Our powers combined to one above Robin. You know what? Hold <laughs> on. I'm gonna use my luck. I'm gonna use lucky. Oh, I got lucky. Three. Ah, oh, yeah. oh. Shout out to the three team. That's going to be a thing. I'm threes sure. are the worst. Threes, yeah, threes, threes are the worst. Threes. One's are a critical role. No, no, no. One's a critical role. Two is like, you're the two crew. And like, Nadpod yeah. has made it cool. But threes are just have trash. <laughs> I think they have. You can get a hat that's got the two on okay, it. Okay, this really thing is being rigged. Oh, it's being rude. Folks, 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 thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Call of the Netherdeep. Oh. Uh, the we talk about dice rolling and, and gaming. Uh, as always, if you like what we do here, uh, hit up the Patreon or, um, you know, give us a like, give us a sub, share us with your friends. I would really love it if people could go out there and share Dork Tales into the world. Uh, particularly, we have very very little presence on reddit because not we're most of us aren't really redditors we're we just i don't know just that didn't happen uh there is a dork tales subreddit now at r slash dork tales uh so if y'all want to like help us out spread spread the word over there but with nice people nice people are there right all i could yeah. think of when you said we don't, we don't reddit it. we don't Reddit. we're not redditors i'm like are we we blueiters we're blueiters we're yellowiters I can hear my dog drinking very loudly. <laughs> Charlie. Good for him. Uh, all right, so folks, we love you very much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Call of the Nether Deep. I hope you all have a wonderful night. Uh, stay away from any red moons, and uh, be sure to always take your urbans. Your urbans. <laughs> your urban urbans. Urban? Your, your urban urbans. When they're tip, real drunk, you just tip them, tip them tip over. Them. Just tip them over. Just like a light touch will do at that point. Yeah, it's yeah really just true. like... Uh, but where, Zarya? Oh my! Oh, oh my! Just, right, just right under, right under the chin scruff. That's how you do it. Exactly. Just like with like a stray dog. Just, come here, boy. Come here, boy. There, there is, you know what? There has never been a better description of Irvin Wastewalker than like a stray dog. Really, <laughs> he is a butt. He's shaggy. And he's, he's shaggy yeah, and Scooby mixed say. together. I was just gonna say that you beat me to it. Uh, hopefully not in the Full Metal Alchemist way. Oh no! Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. I had to say Zarya. it. Sorry, No. <laughs> you know what the best thing is? Uh, I actually do a voice in uh, Full Metal Alchemist, one of the Full Metal Alchemist abridged, and I actually play the guy who does that. Oh. 
So go go watch it. Woof. It's woof. it's on oh, one no. of them. Uh, oh, I'm not sure they say woof. It's yeah, you can say woof. All right, darling, darling. Uh, good <laughs> good night, everybody. Call of the Netherdeep is a Dork Tales production. It stars Chris Blog as Dorlin Wildrock, Robin Holford as Keiko Scar, Krista Mitchell as Sabina Morden, and Caitlin Vinkel as Zaria Rain. Its dungeon master is Kelly Clark. For a full list of music used in this episode, please check the show notes below. This episode also used music and sound effects from TabletopAudio.com. Tabletop Audio is one of the best resources that a roleplayer can have. It has ambient sound effects, 10-minute loops, and plenty of things to bring additional ambience to your roleplaying experience. We're not sponsored by them, we just love them. Go visit them today and support them if you can. If you like what we do here, you can help us grow by becoming a patron at patreon.com dorktales. Speaking of which, I'd like to take a minute to thank all of our patrons at patreon.com dorktales. Starting with our Patreon producers. Our divine producer, DM Michael Gray, the great and powerful. Our demonic producers, Jade, the maker of monsters, and Bracarius, our fun but evil Funkle. We love you, Uncle Marty. Our princes of the Patreon, Taryn, the original Dorktales fangirl, Dustin, our time-traveling buddy from 1977, Drizelta, a.k.a. James Bododge, Eolus the Forever Cleric, Cubby Gummy, and Amberthist. Great to have you on board. Our level 20 heroes, Jan Clark, who's my, my mom, Bob Kessler, who's along for the ride, and Michael Eilat, the graphics guy. Our level 10 heroes, Nacro, the Straw Hat Devil, George Sibley, Snowy323, Hans H. Boundahoof, Professor Multiverse, Robert29, and Adam Baum. Our very important patrons, who donate five or more dollars per month, an actual guinea pig, Dale Cope, the eternal student of life, Camille, who may be six possums in a trench coat, Evan, longtime listener, first-time patron, Mike Baxter, first of his name, Jason Tudor, the mayor of Icewind Dale, Krista Mitchell, the Siege FX engine, Rio, but without the OZ, United Adventure Company, Robin Holford, the wine master, SM Pace, Hillary, Colin Son, Matt DS, Eric and Amber, Moth Vibes D, Chandra Magic, The Traveler, Radical Hair, Evil, Doctor Who 4189, Tommy Kiyama Svensson, Kara Rett, Red Monk, Stormshanks, Jacob, Joe Abad, Arachnikonikoni, Random Equinox, Uncanny Kate, Dazed Apricot, Aurora Wildheart, Ray G, Robert Fairs, Michael Reynolds, The Bongmaster, David Ellis, Confounded Hound, Jeremy Smith, 5280DTC Nerd, and Lockgen. And finally, our Dork Squad. Jen Peters, Caitlin, Ba Tran, Willem and Isolde, Just Andy, EJ, Ashley Johnson, an Insomniac Veterinarian, Stevo's Gaming Dungeon, Creax, Daniel, Brent, CTRSTY, Hayliz, Chris Blog, Patrick, Zach Rules, Ace Emmett, Renee Anderson, Britton Williams, Ash Wolf, Faye Clark, and Ava Hernandez. If you'd like to hear your name at the end of these episodes and get access to exclusive perks, feel free to join us on patreon.com slash dorktales. Dorktales survives on the generosity of our patrons, and I can't express how grateful I am to each and every one of you for your support. Thank you so much, and thanks to you for listening. If you want to reach out, you can find us on the Dorktales Discord. We hope you join us, and we'll see you in the next episode.